0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys training camp in Oxnard, California. Hand Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Bang! Sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it,
1: and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now,
0: your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans.
1: For the first time in the 2022 season, Talking Cowboys is back on DallasCowboys.com. Training camp in Oxnard, California, and we are live from Radio Row. Glad to be back on the Cowboys Podcast Network. We've got Mickey Spagnola here, back with Talking Cowboys as we are on the West Coast. Rob Phillips, our normal <laughs> member of the show. Is, was that you trying to imitate Mickey there? He's my hero, so yes. Aw,
2: We're just showing our flexing our muscles.
1: Yes. Very nice. So you, you have some muscles because of your bike ride earlier this morning.
2: Well, I don't know in my arms. I don't know if I did much with that, but it was a nice ride this morning, yeah. as a matter of
1: fact. Nice ride because guess what? It's 68 degrees, if even that. I don't even know if it's that high yet. It was 61 this morning when I woke up, but it is phenomenal out here. The Cowboys are getting back in the swing of things, and, of course, we'll have Isaiah Stanback on, Heckma Harrison on, and, and we'll kind of get back into the normal groove of things when we get back to Texas, but right now... We've got Mickey, we've got Rob, myself, Kyle Yeomans, Chris Beam running everything in the back. It it feels right to be back here, Rob, to be back on Talking Cowboys because not only have we gotten to see practice, so we have a little bit to talk about. We've had a roster move today that we're going to get to dive into. And then, of course, the expectations will kind of set the stage for the remainder of training camp as we do hit these shows every other day. But I want to let you kind of open things up. What have been your initial thoughts over these first couple days in Oxnard?
3: Yeah, well, we, we had an hour-plus State of the Union with a lot of interesting thoughts, I think, on their philosophy and their approach and their expectations for the season. We can get into that. And then, you know, yesterday's practice, kind of resembling an OTA-style practice where no pads, the pace is not, you know, at full blast yet. It's that ramp-up period, which, by the way, the NFL mandates that all teams do that leading up the first week. Uh, before they get into pads. First padded practice will be Monday, August 1st. Um, so, But, you, again, like OTAs, you can see what guys are doing moving around, see what guys are doing where they're lining up, uh, and just kind of go from there. And it's, there's, there's some interesting stuff going on out there. We saw Micah Parsons doing Micah Parsons things. Um, you know, they're getting rolling, and, and, uh, and you know, the padded stuff will be the most interesting, though, for sure.
2: Yeah, um, you know, we, we finally get going. And, and you look forward, because when we're in OTAs, mini camps, you're always sitting there going, okay, wait to training camp because we got to see it, right? And then we get here and it's OTAs and mini camps for four days. Uh, mm. So, you know, everything you see in these first few practices, you kind of got to take with a grain of salt. Yeah. They don't have pads on. Uh, but I think what we can uh, ascertain from what we've seen is, how they're using guys, where they're lining guys up. Um, and, 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 And so, yeah, it's hard to make any evaluations of who's doing what in a first padless practice. But I thought the best thing I saw yesterday was Jabril Cox did not get placed on PUP. Huge. That he was out there practicing. And when you look at the depth chart at linebacker, they would love if he could be the third guy. They need him to be the third guy. And he went out there with the second-team defense uh, at linebacker, and they really need him uh, to do what they thought he could do when they drafted him in the fourth round. He got off to a slow start. Seven games in, he tears his ACL, had to rehab, missed all the OTAs and minicamp practices, uh, continuing to rehab. But it looks like he's ready to go, and I thought seeing number 14 in blue out there was uh, a good step for this Cowboys team.
1: Let's talk about that for a little bit, just speaking on the guys who did go on the pup list, Michael Gallup being one of those, Damone Clark, both of which not surprises. There were a couple surprises on that list overall, but I think the biggest, uh, at least win for the Cowboys, was having Cox available to start training camp, and Mike McCarthy said he was limited. He was going to be on a pitch count. He wasn't necessarily going to go full tilt right back in the thick of things. But yesterday, I mean, he was he was active in individual drills. I'll tell drills. you what, he was I don't active know if they team if
2: they counted his snaps, but he, he seemed to be out there it looked quite like a, a bit. Full participant to me, it did uh, because they they switched it up at one point. Um, you know, he was he, he was out there initially with uh, Gifford and then he was out there with uh, Devin Harper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was out there, and, you know, I did, he was moving well. Uh, he was getting to the ball in the run game. So, yeah, we knew Gallup was going to be on Pup, right? We knew Damone Clark was going to be on NFI. There was a couple other guys placed on Pup. But I thought Cox was sort of in that no-man's land, and they said he's ready
3: to go. And if they say he's ready to go, then let's go. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that was the goal, to get him ready for the start of training camp. They were never going to throw him out. Think about Blake Jarwin when he was here last year coming off ACL. The the goal is Oxnard, Uh, and they they got through it. Britt Brown doing a great job, as usual, with the athletic training uh, rehab process. So um, they need him to be Keanu Neal, basically. They need him to be maybe playing up to 50% of the snaps. We'll see. I mean, they they like to play that big nickel with, with three safeties on the field, Uh, and Leighton Vander Esch out there obviously Micah Parsons out there but you mentioned the linebacker depth Kyle they they need linebackers who can step in and play especially it's a high attrition position things happen at that position so you need guys to step in and have that depth especially if you're going to move Micah around uh, like they like to do so um, that that's
1: big that's big going forward on the rundown later in the show I have basically biggest concerns heading into training camp that'd probably be toward the top of my list is depth at the linebacker position Another one would have been depth at the wide receiver position at the same time, and, and that has been addressed at least as of this morning. Cavante Turpin signed out of the USFL and off of the free agent market. He was not only in the USFL, he was the MVP of the league and its returned back to football in 2022, uh, TCU product, wide receiver, return specialist, and somebody who really kind of came to fruition during his collegiate years he was a first team all big 12 returner he was all honorable mention wide receiver went undrafted in in 2019 i believe was the draft that he was in i'll I'll give you a okay i'll give you a a full rundown of him later but what's your thoughts on the addition rob when you look at what he could bring kind of to the depth of that wide receiver room that at the moment it has cd lamb at the top and then it's a Pretty much a, a jumble of guys underneath.
3: This is this is an interesting. This is one of the most interesting like early season camp signings that I can remember. I can because, see a little twinkle in your eye, it, well, yeah, just a little bit. Have you watched his highlights? They're pretty fun. They'll give you a twinkle in your eye. <laughs> I mean, going back to TCU and like what you said with the New Jersey Generals in the USFL, he was the MVP. He led the league in receiving. He had a punt return touchdown there. You know, Nick Ralston is waived to make room. Back into the roster, but you just mentioned it. Like they, they're looking for guys to step up at wide receiver, and he's not. You know, he's not the biggest wide receiver. He's five foot nine, Mick, and he's he is a potentially a, a return specialist here mm-hmm. if he can handle the receiver position as well. Um, but that's that could be two different needs for them right there. If he could step in and have a good camp in preseason, where he could fill punt return spot, and and be a Back end receiver part of the rotation to help out. Uh, he's super shifty. He's super quick, and that and he could fill a couple needs for
2: him. So why did he end up
1: in the USFL? Small. That was pretty much the biggest thing. Five foot nine. Is he still <laughs> small? So uh, I will yeah, say he's, hey, he's still five foot nine. That hasn't right, necessarily changed. Right. But he was 155 pounds whenever he was going through his combine measure. No way. 155 pounds. I mean, he was small. And there were off he's, the
3: field things too. Uh, There's a couple of concerns that along with the size where, okay, yeah, he's not drafted. Yeah. Right. And he bounces around. I think he's 25 or 26, but he's getting a shot here after. I mean, he really, he dominated that USFL competition. So um, he's going to get an opportunity. Well, the 26 in five days. Oh,
2: so that's, that there's another reason right there, right? No, one's going to invest a lot of time in a guy that's uh, headed towards 30. Um the second best thing I saw, since you brought up the wide receivers, sure. that when the first team went out there, it was C.D. Lamb, James Washington, and Jalen Tolbert. Mm-hmm. All three of those guys missed time in those off-season uh, workouts. They missed practices, uh, especially James Washington, didn't do anything. So when I looked out there, it's like number 83. Oh yeah, James, James Washington, Washington <laughs> right? Yeah. And that was the best thing I saw. The next best thing from him is on a go route, he went right by Nashawn Wright on a deep ball that Dak missed him by about a foot. Uh, so he can run, and he's big. I didn't realize he was that big. Yeah. Uh, so that was good to see those three guys out there healthy. Tolbert started OTAs with a little something, and he missed some practices. CD missed a few, right? And then participated in the home run derby that I bet no one was happy about. Uh <laughs> from
1: the training staff. Yeah. Fans were happy about yeah, it. Yeah, right.
2: And <laughs> and uh but to see those three guys out there together that was that was a, a welcome sight. And then you can add this guy in and mm-hmm. you know, can he can he beat out Noah Brown? Can he beat out Simi Fihoko? Can he beat out T J Vasher? I mean that's where the competition's yep. gonna come right. in. Right. But you know, you were talking about returns. They were having Tolbert catch punts in, in the minicamp and the OTAs, uh, and it's something that he wants to do. So I thought that was a good sign. But you know what? I still don't mind CD back there catching punts uh, and kind of use him like they did Des Bryant when they had a what you would call an offensive punt, right, a return, where the team's punting in their 20 or back, and it's like, okay, I'm going to catch this ball at the 50, I'm going to let this guy go because no one's no one's releasing downfield when you're that close to your own goal line yeah. punting, right? So you got a, probably an ex, a, extra second or so
3: uh and I just want to see the ball in CD Lamb's hands any way they can do it. I do too. I just I have a hard time seeing him being the featured guy again, although he he only had like a I want to say a dozen returns last year. He's not back there a lot, but, but he does have a massive role on offense now, even more so than he did in the past. So I, I could see that, like you said, Jalen Tolbert's a guy that they're looking <clears> at <throat> at that position uh, to, to to return some punts. And I talked to him during OTAs, and it was something that he wanted to do back in college, and he, in one game he got a shot at it, but he was the best player on the team by far at South Alabama, and they didn't want to put him in that position. So he's somebody to watch, and I don't want to get too carried away with Turpin, but I do yeah. think he's – He's a very talented young guy who, he, even if he, could, if he could find a role in this offense too, think about Tony Pollard, a space player, a guy you get the ball in space, he can make things happen with his speed. So that's what they're looking at in, in addition to the punt returns. Yeah, and I've
2: heard people say, well, why don't they have Pollard return punts? He doesn't naturally catch the ball back yeah. there the way you would want a punt return. Like when C.D. Lamb catches a punt, it's none of this stutter step and adjusting. It's Fluid. like the ball comes to him. Right? He knows how to judge the ball. And Tolbert had uh, a little bit of that. Now, in the USFL, the receiver that caught my eye was Bolden, who was the MVP of the championship game. Mm-hmm. This guy was really good. And and I can't remember who they beat, whatever the team was. It, it was, was the some Stallions East Coast, Spurses. right? Somewhere. Yeah, I can't remember. Baltimore or Washington. I don't. Philly. philly that's it thank you beam uh this guy now he had something and i i was thinking to myself somebody's gonna sign him soon well arizona did about two weeks ago yeah um and again kind of the same size like five nine uh but he has been he's got some nfl experience he's been on practice squads uh, a couple times. So uh, I was interested to see him. So if this guy, is, you know, is, is better than my Bolden guy, then, yeah. you know, OK, let's see. Let's see what happens.
1: I think the biggest chance for him. We're not talking about a guy that's going to challenge to be in the rotation at receiver a significant amount of time in 2022. You're talking about a return specialist that could maybe spot duty for CeeDee Lamb. And, and of course, Tony Pollard. I mean, Lamb last year, just to to give you a number, 14.0. Punt returns, 139 yards, which is just under 10 yards per return on punts, which is pretty impressive. That's a first down. That's exactly. And then you turn around, you've got Tony Pollard. He had 17 kick returns for 489 yards and a touchdown as well.
3: Yeah, I think he would have to step in here and demonstrate that he can play wide receiver in the NFL because – if not only would he be taking up a roster spot, exactly. he'd be taking up a game day roster spot if he's your punt returner. So he's got to be able to do a couple different things. That's one thing. You know, Cedric Wilson was so valuable to this this offense because yep. not only could he handle that and split those duties with C.D. Lamb back there, but I mean, he there were times where it felt like he was had as good a rapport with Dak Prescott in the passing game than any receiver on the roster. He
2: could step in and be your number two receiver. He could be your number three receiver, <laughs> right. right? Somebody gets hurt, he, he comes in. Yeah. You know, and, it, and, and you know, good for him. He, you know, played four years here um, on basically a minimum base salary, uh, and somebody paid him some money, and he earned it. You know, he earned it. Uh, you hate to lose a guy like that, but you can't keep everybody. Yeah, yeah, and and that's you know kind of the shame of free agency. But yeah, you know you need somebody to go out and catch a, a safe punt. Okay, let's put Cedric there. You need to run an end around. Well, let's hand it to Cedric. You want to run an end around and throw a pass? <laughs> well, well, let Cedric do it. Right. Um, you hate to see it. You know, have to leave. But yeah, if you can find somebody that come close to
1: what he meant to this team last year uh, would be great. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you'll, you'll severely miss from the roster, and you're going to have to find it maybe through young talent, and that's kind of been the, the buzzword around camp, at least from the opening press conference that Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Mike McCarthy had back on Tuesday. But when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, what other rookies need to step up in year number one to fill some of those holes, and how risky of a strategy is it to rely so heavily
0: 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. The Cowboys way, where
4: 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where Turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020 Bank of America Corporation.
0: Little yeah, Sweet, did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper.
3: Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a broken traffic light. Stop and go is the name of my game. It's easy. You go, they go. Or was it? They go, you go. <laughs> and if you have the wrong car insurance, these repair costs could stop you in your tracks. So get Allstate's new low auto rate and be better protected from mayhem, like me.
0: Not available in every state. Based on coverage and limits selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check.
2: Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
1: Back here on Talking Cowboys, this segment brought to you by blockchain.com. We are on Radio Row here in Oxnard, California. So good to be back. I keep saying that. We've been here for a little bit. This is just the first Talking Cowboys that we've had, but I feel like I've already done probably four shows each with you guys up until this point. This will Uh, be
2: the warmest day. It's supposed to hit 70.
1: Oh, wow. How about that? Oh, darn. Take that vest off, Mick. Short sleeves. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to have to lose the hoodie at some point along the way. You'll need it at 4
2: o'clock. <laughs> that's what i say. Whenever
1: we get done, I'm sure it'll it'll start to, to fall down. But that's one of the biggest benefits. I'm sure everybody in Texas is tired of hearing about it while they sweat in 110-degree heat. But... That's one of the benefits of coming out here is the, the fact that the players don't have to deal with the 110-degree mm-hmm. heat, and you have better practices, more efficient practices.
2: It's like when we wake up, it's 58. It's 50 degrees difference.
1: 50. 50. 50. 50. That's, mm. Could um, you imagine 50 the other way? Cause, and the I people mean, here shows... are a
3: little bit put off because it's been a little cooler here than normal, they tell me. Really? Yeah. It has been. The first couple days we were here compared to past years out here, it's a little bit cooler. That almost infuriates me. I'm I'm sorry, Texas.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm mad for you, Texas, because trust (laughs) me, I I understand the pain. All right. Let's get into some of these young guys and and some of the biggest surprises early in camp, too. I'm going to ask you that toward the back end of this segment. But one of the biggest talking points was about availability and then replacing some of the veterans that they had lost in – the offseason with young talent with some of these guys that are trying to take the next step for example a cd lamb who without amari cooper could take that step into the number one role all signs at the moment point that he's ready for that challenge all signs are saying he could be uh, that number one receiver by quite a considerable margin but how big is it to have young guys step up like that mickey and mesh with the veterans how important is it for that to be uh, apparent in training camp this early on so that way it kind of carries into the regular season. Yeah
2: I don't know about early on but at some point in training camp yeah they need these young guys to step up and the biggest thing it does is help you manage your salary cap. Uh, so you know you can afford $40 million a year on a quarterback and $20 million a year on a running back uh, and you know whatever they're paying Demarcus Lawrence and Tyron Smith and Zach Martin uh, you need to be supplementing your roster with young guys, and, and and you know when they looked at it, you know they said availability. Well, it's availability slash what's your base salary? Sure. You know Amari Cooper, if he wasn't making twenty million dollars a year, would still be here. Um, I don't know about Lael Collins. Because I thought he had he he just had a bad season last year, mm-hmm. and I know he's coming back from hip surgery, and I know he had the suspension. Mm-hmm. But Terrence Steele, if you looked at it, outplayed him, uh, and, and and now you got a ten million dollar base salary versus a nine hundred thousand dollar base salary. Yep. A- and if you're playing the same, well, you're in trouble if you're making the ten million. Yeah. Uh, so some of those, you know. They were nice talking about availability, but it was availability slash cap space, money. And, and this is the first. What do you think? First training camp we've come to that they got twenty million dollars
3: sitting there under the cap that they can use. Yeah, uh, and that they, doesn't happen. Yeah, and they, I mean they didn't say, "Oh, we're going to use it this year for no. sure." Either. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. Right. It, you know, it, they can carry all that all that money, and they won't. They'll use some of it because things happen. Injuries happen. They might need to go get somebody at some point. Yeah. Um, and, and, but you can carry over a lot of that to next year. And they've got guys coming up down the line that they need to re-sign. Trayvon Diggs is eligible for an extension after this season. He's trying. To, he told us yesterday, he's trying to top 11 interceptions. Well, if he does that, then Oops. think about what that contract's going to look like. Yep. Um, you can even look I at mean, C.D. Lamb as well, and Micah Parsons a couple of years down the road. And they, you want
1: to keep Pollard. Yes. Terrence Steele's up, I believe, at the end of this year as well.
3: Right. So when Stephen that's, – that's why Stephen Jones always talks about looking at your cap two, three years down the road. They're trying to manage it uh, with a macro view instead of a micro view, if you want to put it that way. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, I understand why fans look at it and say, could they have done a little bit more? You know, like De- – Amari Cooper, I'm, I'm in the camp that said – and I believe Ceedee Lamb can be the top receiver on this team. But sure. I do think you, maybe you could have brought back Amari Cooper on a reworked deal like you did to Marcus Lawrence. They decided not to do that. They talked about – Jerry talked about availability up there on, at the press conference. That's fine. They wanted to re-sign Randy Gregory. That just yep. didn't work out. Um, so there's some – it's not as generalized as we think. There's some different circumstances of why guys are not back. Um, but, yeah, the bottom line is it's some key positions – we talked about Jalen Tolbert. we talked Sam Williams at defensive end. There are going to be some young guys that, like Mickey said, at some point as we go through this process, are going to have to step up and, and contribute right away,
2: yeah, and I think part of the reason Jerry said something by what how did he put it? He liked the position they were in going into this year. Better than last year? Yeah.
1: yeah.
4: He
2: well, feels I think like they're in little, better shape. A is little what said. bit of that had to do with the $20 million. Because last year, if they needed to supplement, they, they couldn't make a move. Didn't right? have anybody. Now they can. Although, you know, I started looking at this list of free agents, not by position, just guys' names that are out there. They're all 30 something. You got to be careful with thirty-something year olds, and 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 you're certainly not going to if they're not working on July 28th, mm-hmm. you, you ought to get them for a song and a dance, right? Because they got to be looking up and going, oh, everybody's out there practicing, and I'm on my couch. That guy's making five million a year. I'm making nothing. Yeah, right, nothing. Uh But again. Do you want to sign somebody 32 or 33? Well, you don't want to do that in camp because they're progress stoppers. Exactly. You don't get yeah. to work the young guys and find out. And, and I think McCarthy made the point about if Tony Romo and Kellen Moore don't get hurt, we may have never known Dak Prescott, right? Yeah. That's how he got his chance. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes you've got to look at these guys. Some of them you drafted. Okay, you thought something of them. Well, give them a chance. And that's why when I wrote my column after that, it was like, okay, here's the land of opportunity. Now, can you take advantage of it? And that's what we're
1: here to find out. How risky of a strategy is that, though, from a front office standpoint? Because, I mean, you could argue that there's nothing more unpredictable in the NFL than young talent that's undeveloped. And and that's one of the big – that's why – Coaches get paid what they do. That's why coaching staffs are so heralded as they are. I mean, it's because you have to develop young talent. So when you're relying so heavily on that youth to fill the holes immediately, I mean, you got lucky last year with the Micah Parsons. That's a a once-in-a-generational type of rookie that came up and played that way. How risky is it to rely on that to potentially happen again? Well, Jerry
3: said it up there to our left here the other day that everything's about projections in this league like, you, you don't know you don't you, i mean even they're experts at this the scouting department the personnel department but you don't know for sure yeah. it sometimes it just doesn't work out in 2018 they projected that they had a group of wide receivers that can help supplement, replace what Des Bryant did. Well, that didn't work out. That's Isn't why that I, similar to kind of what they're doing now? I think the difference is, and I think as we're talking about this, wide receiver comes to my mind first. I think if we're looking at a position where we have the most unknowns, it's probably that one. Yeah. And you can look at offensive line and see what happens at left guard and all that. But, but I think receiver without Michael Gallup for maybe the first couple games of the season, we'll see. Um, we don't know that one for sure. So – the difference there, I think, is I think they have a Pro Bowl wide receiver at the number one spot in C.D. Lamb. They yeah. didn't have that in 2018. That, was, that was really a committee-type group. You are going to get Michael Gallup back probably at sometime in September, and you're hoping that James Washington, Mickey mentioned him. He, this is his best opportunity in his entire career to come in and play meaningful snaps. He, he did, for whatever reason, didn't really crack that rotation enough in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Jalen Tolbert, they're excited about um, He's, he's, he carries himself like a pro and wants to you know, be a versatile guy to step in right away. I'm interested to see how he, he contributes. So you're going to get Gallup back at some point. you got CeeDee Lamb, but how does the rest of this group work out? That, that one stands out to me the most when we're talking about young guys. Yeah, and, and, and they got to be right about CeeDee Lamb, that, that
2: he can be the guy. And what I like about CeeDee Lamb is you can move him around. And we saw it yesterday. He he came out of the slot yeah, a few did. times, right? He doesn't have to just be on the outside. And you know, it, when they let Amari Cooper go, I was sucking air through my teeth, going, "I don't know about I think that." A lot of right? people uh, were think, doing exactly we're all, that's that. that's unanimous at yeah, the right? table. I think everybody yeah. said and, that. Yeah. And then um, I can't remember where it, when it was. It was during OTAs or minicamp in there. Somebody out there on the Internet, I don't know if it was ESPN or NFL.com, put together a nine-minute highlight uh, video of C.D. Lamb's catches. And they didn't repeat catches. They used nine minutes of his catches. And I was sitting here and going. I would hope
1: they didn't repeat he was, it trying yeah, to it was make like it like have the same thing, right, to <laughs> fill time. Like four different right? looks, then they have like an on-field camera. And it reminded me of some of the things he did
2: last year. You know, I, I think maybe in a lot of people's minds, well, he had drops. He had too many drops. Yeah, but he A-double. was dropping the ball because he was trying to do too much before he caught it. Uh, but these catches he was making were spectacular. Now, if you give him more opportunities, do you get more of that? Well, that's kind of what they're banking on. Uh, and, and the other thing, walking behind him yesterday. He's bigger than I remember. Not, not that he grew four he inches. He grew an inch. Right, but. He grew a half an inch. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, half an inch. <laughs> and that put on 10 pounds. He said right? 10 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can see it. You're right. But he's, he's, he's got size out there, right? You can throw it up to him, and he'll go up and get it. I mean, think about the catches he made. Think about how he won the New England game. Yep. Okay, you know, instead of getting five or six uh, targets, well, what if he gets 10? And he still had 78 catches, I think it was. Yep. So they got to be right. You know, they got to be right on, on that decision. And if that's right and you get Michael Gallup back to be Michael Gallup, and if Jalen Tolbert can do a Michael Gallup rookie year, um, you know, you, you just could be all right. But I, we got to see it. Do you think they're right? I think they've got a chance. I think they've got a chance, especially if Gallup could come back and basically be the number two guy. Got it. And then you got Washington and Tolbert, uh, and, and that's a pretty good top four. Um, now, the other thing they got to be right about is the offensive line. They that's gotta, where
1: my concern lies. They got to yeah.
2: be. They got to be extra right there. Yeah. Because even with those guys last year, I don't know who rated this offensive line number one in the league, but. PFF I, I did, did, did. Yes. What What is I it think, called? I think PFF, Pro did. Football yeah. Focus. Oh, no, I, I don't use those. Acronyms. Don't Don't use that name.
1: No. Uh, okay. Let's uh, not, Let's not talk about that on there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it.
2: They struggled last year. Lale Collins did not play well, at all. No. <laughs> uh, um, and, and And then they tried to stuff McGovern in there at left guard, and he wasn't ready for that. Okay. Um, you know, okay, you sat Williams down. Well, okay, we cut down on the penalties, but you didn't, didn't raise the quality. Uh, Tyler Biotis was starting for the first time in his career. He, he started four games his rookie year and then got hurt. Um, so can he take the next step there, and then can Tyron Smith stay healthy? And then what do you get from your first-round draft choice? Sure. And that's so a lot of questions. There's a lot of yes. I was going to say there's no, a lot of them. No, but that's what we're here for, and unfortunately, we're not going to start finding out until August
1: 1st, as you said, when yeah. they put
2: the pads on, right? Yeah. Offensive so, linemen need their pads.
1: This provides for an opportunity for a segue and the tease heading into this final segment, so I'm going to take it. So when we come back on the other side of the break – What is our biggest concern? Mine is going to be that offensive line. So what are my concerns on the offensive line? We'll hear from Rob. We'll continue with Mickey when we come back with more Talking Cowboys after this.
0: Back to Talking Cowboys.
1: Back here on Talking Cowboys, the first episode of the 2021 season, live from Oxnard, Rob Phillips, Mickey Spagnola. I'm Kyle Yeomans as we continue to dive in into the newest news around the Cowboys. It's nice to have some kind of news. We got to see the first practice yesterday, of course, the opening press conference, and then we take a general look at what this Cowboys team looks like heading into the 2022 season. Now, Rob, I'll start with you on this. Biggest concern heading into the season, because we've had some positives. There's some things that you are excited about. We'll get to that on the back end of the segment. But what what is up at the top of the list of something that you des- definitely want to see some improvement on throughout training camp? I think Mickey
3: hit on it, and we covered it in the first inside training camp uh, together when we first got out here is the offensive line. I mean, I think you, you go back to the San Francisco loss in the playoffs, that was the fewest rushing yards they had that year, or that season, I believe. Um, Dak was pressured and sacked, I believe, the most of any game that season. Yeah. And that's the lasting image of, of, of the season there. And, and, and the guys will admit it, they didn't play well. Uh, and down the stretch, especially after the bye week, especially you look at the running game, it just took a dip. And, and guys talked about some of the pre-snap movement that defenses were using to try to affect them, and it worked. You didn't have Ezekiel Elliott healthy out there. Tony Pollard missed a couple games. A lot of what their offensive success the past few years has been built off the success of their running game, and they just didn't have it. And, and that's a big reason why Tyler Smith was the, the number one choice in the draft this year. Whether he starts at left guard, we'll see. I would think that that's a pretty good bet if he can show he can handle it here in training camp. Uh, because he's got size, he's got strength, and Mickey mentioned Tyler Biotis. I think that kind of goes together. Mm-hmm. You get you get a big guy up front that can help move the chains and move the people off the ball in the run game at left guard. The guy next to him at center, I think that's going to help him out too. So that, that's to be determined, and Mick mentioned the other things. I mean, Tyler, uh, Tyron Smith's health, yeah. um, we'll see what happens. You know, he's missed games every season since 2016, I believe.
1: Tyler Smith was a top ten run blocker in the draft this past year coming out of college I mean he was that was where the strength of his game lied he was a little bit uh, I mean he was I'll say above average in terms of his pass sets and, and in space and and at the tackle position of course played majority tackle at Tulsa not necessarily at guard so that brings me to my other question of is he really only in competition with Connor McGovern for that that left guard spot, or is there even a potential with Terrence Steele? Because Mickey was talking about it a little bit earlier, but I'll, I'll get you first, and then Mick can hit on it. But is is there a chance he potentially slides out the tackle? He hasn't hasn't seen snaps yet, but is that? at least an option i
3: don't i know nick and i have kicked that around and i I don't really see it just because they have called him a left side player at least to start out that's true mccarthy did say that you know the, the the expectation is he'll get some backup left tackle reps he'll work at left guard they just want to keep him on one side and that was one thing with terrence Steele trying to move to left tackle in a pinch last year yeah that that's not an easy thing to do especially for a young player i think the hope mick is to terrence Steele to build on what he did again last season they really like his potential um, at right tackle and kind of slot Tyler Smith in on that left side where maybe he can fill in at left tackle if needed. But, hey, try to win that left guard spot right away.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, if he doesn't win left guard, then maybe he's the backup swing tackle. Swing, yeah. Uh, but, look, they based the whole Lale Collins thing on Terrence Steele. So their evaluation of Terrence Steele had to be pretty high. Um uh, it's not like it's like okay, well let's just do this. They didn't have to let Lael Collins go. They didn't have to eat fourteen million dollars in dead money to let Lael Collins go if they didn't think that you know. Now they got to be right, mm-hmm. but they're they're not hoping. They think that he played better, and I'll guarantee you he was a better run blocker last year than Lael Collins. Lael Collins was lazy last year, uh, and and so I think I I think it's it's left guard. Or backup swing
1: tackle. So and is, that's the
2: way they're using them.
1: Is this another position, kind of like how we talked about with wide receiver, where they have to be right on this bet that they're taking? They put they push their chips in on C.D. Lamb. They also did it on Terrence Steele. Right. It's the same sort of situation, but just on the offensive line.
2: You just have to be right, and I'll go back to what Jerry said, and he repeated it. Right. This 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 league is about projections. It's about projections. When you draft a guy, it's about projections, mm-hmm. right? Uh, at least you got to see these guys play a year sure uh un- un- unlike Tyler Smith but again uh you know they saw McGovern play um, th- there's a reason why they drafted a tackle and said okay but we're going to start him off at guard right yeah. i mean if they were thinking that Connor McGovern was all that at guard and they're going to give him every chance then they wouldn't have said we're tack you know you would have drafted something else maybe yeah. uh in the first round so Yeah, but again, and here's the thing, you know, and Mike hit on it just a little bit. You know, the big thing on the offensive line is you you need cohesion, right? Yeah. You get six padded practices out here. Yeah.
3: Six. It is what it is. You know, Mike's not happy about it, but every team's dealing with it. But it is a challenge. 20 years ago, they had six padded practices the first two, well, three three days days. of practice. Two days. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And
2: and, and, and then you get three more against – You know, Denver and and the Chargers, that's nine. Now, the saving grace is you go home and you still got another week of training camp and you got another week to ramp up before the season opener. But at some point, they
3: got to say, okay, this is it. These are my five and let's go. Sorry, there is one more question mark I've got on the O line, and that is swing tackle. Because, you know, Tyron Smith, Hall of Fame caliber player when he's healthy, he's missed time. And if you don't have him, they you talking about young young guys and projecting young players? They didn't stick with a veteran signing at at swing tackle. They yep. went with young guys. They've got a couple draft picks. so far. So far, I mean, they <laughs> man, yeah, they've they, got, they, got they, the dry they, powder. They, right? they got dry powder. They got twenty million plus. They could yeah, they could do something. But they right now it's Matt go, it's Josh Ball, and you know maybe Tyler Smith if they want to try to you know kick him out there in a pinch. But that's a position where there's not experience there, and that very well could turn out to be a starting position if something happens to either Terrence Steele. See, that might
2: be the biggest swing for the fence, the, that you, you've got a rookie and a first-year guy who didn't play a lick last nope. year, and you're looking at them to be your backup swing tackle. That probably you're going to need, right? And 20 I 20 games
1: over the last two years. Yeah, Tyron, but you know Smith, what? Smith.
2: I will take, I will take Tyler, Tyron Smith for 13 games a year before I put somebody else out there for 17.
3: Oh, I agree.
2: Right. No, totally. No, for
3: sure. Yeah. And 20, right? 2020 is, was an outlier right. in that he missed 15 games yeah. or whatever. Right. It's basically been three starts a season. Right. Three you know? starts a season. Which are, I, that, I can live with Last that. year
1: was six, though. It was six. You're so, right. So, I mean, right. even then, even last year, it was still a ton of time that he missed. He missed 14 games in that 2020 season. I mean, that's but that's, like their, that's their fault not having somebody there
2: to take his place. Ty Naseki. I have seen him one time, <laughs> and
1: it's like, are you kidding me? Mick had nobody else on that <laughs> roster last year that he just was unimpressed by than Ty, Ty Nasecki. Well, he, it, every year is and he, he just, here? Huh? Is he here? No, he's not you're here. You're right. Look at look Who's at the, the guy guys, this year. Look I'm at curious. the.
3: But yeah, you have I a, haven't <laughs> seen it yet. right? You have a problem with every backup tackle? But they, they did, have, because there's was, a reason that you were pissed off about Cameron Irving, yes. Cameron Fleming. The bottom line is like. It's hard to find starting caliber offensive linemen. If and you're what not was the a starter guy? in the NFL, then, you're, then you're, there's a reason What was the it. other guy?
2: Green. Uh, Chaz, Green. Chaz Green. Green. Yeah. He was probably the best of all this stuff. And, you know, and unfortunately. doesn't want to give him full credit. He just had the Atlanta game, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a problem. That, and okay, he wasn't that Atlanta re- game
2: was a problem. And he, he, he wasn't ready for that. But that has hurt them, right? That Atlanta <laughs> game cost him. It cost them getting in the playoffs because they shouldn't have lost to that team even if they were playing in in Atlanta. Uh, So... Now you're sitting here with two – maybe these young guys can play. I don't know. I'd never yeah, – just Write never, this
1: down real quick. Mickey, I haven't seen, backup offensive lineman. I
2: haven't seen go either of those guys no play in college. And if I did, I didn't know they were out on the – Well,
1: yeah, Josh Ball missed the whole last season. We've seen a little bit of him. He wasn't active for a single game. Right, didn't even yeah. play in preseason well, that was the ankle. And That's they right. decided,
2: you know what? He's probably not year. ready. It's a red shirt year. Right. Well, let's see if, if it improves. Matt we will, don't know.
3: Matt, well, let's go. They love his athletic profile to play the position. He had a great offseason. But he's coming from North Dakota. That's a big jump if you're going to come in and play against NFL rushers. Yeah. Uh, if you have to. So, you know, they're going a, a more a cheaper route on the salary cap than having to pay a, right now. Than having to pay a swing tackle two three million bucks to back up Tyron Smith.
1: Rob, are you more concerned with the guard battle or the swing tackle battle on what it's going to affect this offense moving into twenty twenty two?
3: I think you have to say guard because that's that's the starting, starting position, role. and okay. that's and you're you're counting on if it's Tyler Smith to really make a difference in terms of strength and getting the run game back on track first, and that's over a course of seventeen games.
2: All right, man. And and the thing is, we haven't seen enough yet yeah yes But what i've seen of him i think there's hope he's he's got good feet let's just start there right he's got good feet these other guys that i talked about they had terrible feet and 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 so at least he's got that going for him um but yeah, the backup swing tackle I, I, I think that's the one you're taking the biggest swing at, right? Because you judge this guy good See enough to be that. in the first, in the first. Uh, <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> taking a swing at swing tackle. Yes, uh, uh, the master of the pun.
2: Uh, didn't even mean to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. you thought this guy was good enough to take in the first round. These other guys were—were f- were they both fourth-round picks? Fifth rounds. Fifth, rounds? Fifth round. Fifth-round picks. Ball One, and we'll, two, Let's Go, right? Fourth round, fourth round, right? Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Uh, so, all right. Let's see. Um, yeah, and we'll get a
3: better idea. <laughs> August first. It's kind of like backup quarterback. They've reached. Maybe they've just reached a point philosophically where it's like, all right, we're spending money on veterans that you know it's been okay. It hadn't really panned out. Let's try to develop the position. You know, and and where you're not eating up your salary cap yeah. doing it. And, now, but that again because if there's if there's right.
2: veterans out there now, I don't know.
3: Oh, I didn't bring that book. I had written
2: down a bunch of guys that were free agents, mm. and I don't remember it's any not a tackle the names. Uh, a tackle that was like, oh yeah, okay, that guy could come in. Well, you usually
1: know? if you can play, you're not, you're not a free agent. because that's, that's
2: what everybody right needs, now. right? And right. and and think about this. When I watched the little bit of the XFL. Mm -hmm. And when I watch a little bit of the USFL, the problem is not the the skilled players. It's the offensive line blocking. Right? And the poor quarterbacks don't, they they got no shot. No. And so how do you evaluate them? Now, the easiest position probably to evaluate is the wide receiver thing, just what we talked
1: about earlier, because sure. you
2: could see what those guys are doing and if the quarterback
1: can throw the ball. There was no player better than the one that the Cowboys signed. By the way, fun fact, I, I tweeted this out earlier, the Cowboys have now signed the t- last two USFL that was very MVPs. Good. Oh, Yeah. The other one, Herschel Walker. So they played. Oh, so they've played like back to back two USFL two years in two years in forty and forty. And the Cowboys like their USFL MVPs. Real quickly, guys, before we we wrap things up, what are we looking? But for? But they had drafted him before they signed. You're him. right, they did. Ooh, good fun fact. Let's go, <laughs> Mick, coming in right at the end. Uh, what are we looking for next time? Oh, wait, Beam, are we doing shows Saturdays or is it just mo- to Monday, Monday, Friday? So do we? Do we uh, in we the? Were, we won't see a padded practice in the the. The rotation, then, do we get Monday? We will be Monday in the rotation. So we'll be back on Monday. So the ramp-up period will be over with, but we'll get to kind of wrap that up and then head into padded practices. But what are you looking for over these next three kind of leading into the padded I'm just
2: looking to see how they're using guys. Okay. Uh, I noticed yesterday, you know, they they said in OTAs and minicamp that – yeah, we're going to see, uh, you know, if Chauncey Golston, uh, you know, if he's versatile, if we can play defensive tackle and defensive end. Well, they just had him at defensive tackle yesterday. Mm-hmm. I didn't see no end stuff. Um, I also saw Demarcus Lawrence at defensive tackle when they were in nickel. Yeah, uh, which is something and they also did last season, right, a Couple of times, a yeah. And I also saw Sam Williams inside, also,
3: which he did in college a little bit. So,
2: yeah, so yeah. They, they, that's. To me, we get an idea of what they're thinking. Because we don't get to ask everybody everything. You wrote in your
1: column, you said, we're going to just have to stop calling these guys edge rushers and defensive tackles. Just call them linemen. We got linemen
2: out there. That's kind of what they want. Let's go. But don't forget, let's not put such a premium on rushing the quarterback, and we give up stopping the run. Agreed. Because that's got to
3: improve over last year. No doubt. What are you looking for, Rob? Ah, uh, that's a good one. I would say just Dak's rapport with the wide receivers because we didn't we didn't get to see a lot of that in the off season. Yeah. Um, James Washington, this is really the first we've seen him. Yesterday, first they, practice, they almost hooked up for a touchdown deep in team drills. I thought Dak had a great ball down the field, just didn't quite come up with it from Washington. Um, Jalen Tolbert missed time in the off season. Ceedee Lamb was banged up as well, so this is an opportunity for Dak to really. And we he did some in the five-week period away yep. on their own working. But this is a chance for us to kind of see how he's working with a new group. So yep. that will be what, what I'm watching for. Can I
2: throw out one more? Yeah, sure. We didn't touch on it. We probably don't have time to touch on it. Probably not. Uh, and so we have to wait till wait Monday. Wait
1: till Monday. It's the ultimate tease.
2: When are we going to see the kickers? Ooh,
1: Jonathan Garabay and Lerum Lahu. When did we see kickers last year?
2: Well, we didn't because he, he didn't, didn't off kick, kick off of all. He
3: didn't kick all. I got, I got a feeling we'll see it a little sooner this think year. so? Yeah, I think is that so. a Rob Phillips prediction? But Stamp let me that you have to. Let, let me you have tell to see you what, 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 what you got.
2: Liram Hayerlahu, he's a worker because I went and watched uh, the ten o'clock news back in Dallas. The guys that were doing out there at eight o'clock. He was kicking eight thirty. He was pantomining, kicking. Oh. He was out there practicing his steps and kick huh. and follow through. Hmm. Interesting. And, and this was, you know, those guys finished at 8.30 our time. All right. And and he was just leaving the field. Mm. And he did it for like 30 minutes. Hey.
1: I like it. Hey. so I'm, See I'm, it, be it. I want to see, see it, be it. Put it, just manifesting it. Manifesting. That's what he's doing. He's he was pretty good without a ball. Oh, he didn't miss. All right, that's it for us here on Talking Cowboys. I'm manifesting that this group will be back together on Monday and talking more about what they've seen from the unpadded practices for the Cowboys. But for Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, Chris Beam, in the back, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. Thanks for joining us on Talking Cowboys.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?